It always makes my day like halfway through, she'll just start laughing at something. And that to me has been like worth all the effort in the world is hearing her laugh at something that Richard and I said. Podcast Junkies episode 119. Yes, a week late. So much stuff going on. I don't even know where to start. I think that's why I created the Podcast Junkies Junkies Facebook group so that I can breathe a sigh of relief or frustration depending how the week is going and let you know what's going on uh, at Podcast Junkies HQ. As many of you know, I also run a a business podcasting consultancy, which has been taking up a lot of my time and uh, just a lot of moving parts and trying to ask for help as well. I'm really a big believer in as you grow, beginning to partner out and, and reach out for help so that you don't become this one-man machine trying to do everything and, and letting things fall through the cracks, which has happened in the past. So two, 2017 for my business, the keyword is scale, and uh, that's one of the things that I'm going to be focused on to help me get more uh, clarity about how I'm scheduling my time, and that includes this show as well. So if you're new, my name is Harry Duran, which you may have seen in the credits of the show or not. I'm the host and every week, as long as I can get my act together, we published a new episode of Podcast Junkies. It's conversations with some of the most entertaining and engaging podcast hosts that I have the opportunity to connect with and be introduced to and just I, I want to know these folks a little bit more than what you hear on their respective shows. And this week, we speak to Richard and Sean from The Language of Bromance, which, if I had to overgeneralize the niche, it's the two guys in the basement, which the, it was the label that I'm really not too crazy about. And it's not, it's not a, a, a um, let's see, a, a format that I really pay a lot of attention to, but I did make a good connection with Sean at Podcast Movement uh, last year, and we just remained in contact, and we finally were able to work out some, some time. It's always a challenge when you've got a, a second guest as well, so Richard joined us, which was great because I think what you'll hear uh, is that the podcast uh, although on the surface it sounds like two guys just rambling about and having a good time, listen carefully because I think what you'll really discover is the nature of why they started the podcast, why they're continuing, and how it's actually helped them forge a fantastic, uh, forge and maintain a fantastic friendship. So uh, I, I'm really looking for your uh, feedback, and I hope you entertain you you're entertained with uh, this week's episode. As many of you have heard me tease or seen mention on social media, I'm really proud of the fact that Shore is now a sponsor of the podcast, and specifically their Motive line M O T I V. I've got my hands on the MV51, and it is one incredibly sexy microphone. Let me tell you, it's. I think it's going to be my go-to recommendation. I know you've been hearing me talk about the ATR2100, but the quality of the build on this thing is just ridiculous, guys. I think you can hear me that knocking on that. That's a solid metal grill. And the best part about it is that it's a US micro USB direct into a lightning port into your phone, and they've got a mobile app that you can uh, adjust the recording on. So I'm super excited to to play around with it. Um, head on over to podcastjunkies.com slash shore for more details. But as I play with it uh, more and test it out in the field, I'll, I'll be coming back to you with more details. And I'm also happy that Podbean is continuing to be a sponsor of this show. I'm re- I'm really happy as I dig into the plans, and, and I've had a nice conversation with some of the folks there about the simplicity of their offers. They have unlimited plans as low as uh, $3 and $9. So I, I think for, for beginning 
beginning podcasters, it's going to be one another one of my go-to recommendations. I really love the fact that they highlight podcasts on their page and they're really stepping up their efforts on how they uh, market and support the, the the clients that they have. So give them a shot at podbean.com slash podcast junkies. Stay tuned to the end for our world famous retention hashtag. If you're new to the show, that's how I check to see who's been paying attention and who's listening all the way to the end. And it's a special bonus patch that I'll have to make up and give to super listeners at some point, like Patrick, like Denny. <laughs> Enjoy the conversation. Okay, so Rich and Sean, thank you for joining me on Podcast Junkies. We are so happy. Well, thanks for having us on, man. I really appreciate it. So happy to be here. <laughs> we probably need to uh, see. We're, I'm not getting any visual cues from from uh, Rich, so we'll we'll have to figure out a, some sort of uh, solution so we're not talking over each other. But uh, maybe I'll try to in the beginning direct. But if you feel if I ask something that so passionate one of you has to jump in i guess we can't do anything about that yeah i know when we first started out we uh we just did straight audio so we kind of kind of know like who's going to talk and you know we go off of their emotion like okay this person is going to say something funny so we'll let them run with it so uh sean we connected at podcast movements and as i think people who are listening to pod, who listen regular listeners to the show probably getting sick and tired of all these <laughs> friends i'm meeting at this podcasting conferences and was that your first uh, it was our second. We went to Fort Worth the year before, uh, and so we went to this one as well. Had a fun time at Fort Worth, too. <laughs> yeah, Fort Worth was a good time. Define fun times, Rich. Um, well, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and turn my video on. You know, um, on the drive there, we because uh, we drove there, so it was from it was about an eight eight to ten. Well, it was, I think it was an eight hour drive there, eight hour drive back. But on the way there, probably about four hours in, I was like, you know, or no, it was Sean's suggestion. He was like, we should just start recording. And I'm like, okay, so so we hit the record button, and we actually got we broke it into two parts, but it was just us driving to Fort Worth, Texas, and you know. And and I guess it answers the question, you know, do you is when it comes to our show, do you guys, you know, talk is the show an act or is it just, you know, is it you guys talking? And I think that episode or those two episodes proved that that that's just how we interact with each other. You know, we it, it's not really an act. I'm not smart enough to have a persona on a microphone and have a real life persona i'm just not that bright so when when sean and i podcast it's that's exactly how we speak when we're talking even if we're just talking on the phone that's how we that's how we interact and sean what do you learn from spending eight hours in the car with someone uh basically exactly what we just said like this these conversations are conversations that we have all the time we uh it's funny because we initially talked about doing this, like recording it on the way down there. Cause like we said, it's gonna be like an eight hour drive. Like we might get an episode out of that. And both of us were still kind of like, uh, self-conscious about even doing that. It's like, you know, why should we record ourselves? That's going to be silly. And the first, what, two or three hours we were driving, like having these conversations, a lot of funny discussions. And about that time, Rich was like, you know, maybe we should hit record and just see what we get. So who came up with the title for the podcast? Uh, was it was it me? Actually, I think yeah, it, it might you. have been my wife that came up with the with the idea because I was because I said, "Hey, Sean, I'm thinking about doing a podcast. We're kind of stuck on a name," and she and she's like, "Well, he's like your you know other spouse, so you should do something related to that. It's like you have it's like you have a romance another romance with him." And I'm like, "Oh, romance." <laughs> yeah, we spent what did we spend probably a good week trying to come up with a name. And uh, I feel like it's – I always compare it to, like, whenever you create a band. Like, you want to be the one to be like, yeah, I named this band, you know? And so whenever we are bouncing these ideas back and forth, I was, like, trying to figure out, like, I wanted to be the one to name it because, you know, it's like, man, that's a really cool idea. And uh, I remember I came up with, like, Fight the Yeti. I thought that would be a great podcast name. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then he said Bromance, and I was like, well, maybe we should do Bromance in Space. 
He's like, why are we going to do that? I was like, because well, we can say... Why are we in space? Bromance in space, space, space. You're, da- you're dating yourself with that one, yeah. What's interesting is that you know, there's a lot of people that get excited about starting a podcast and, and this idea, and, and this format actually gets a lot of shit, right? The... the um, Oh, yeah. the two guys in a basement, oh, and then I'm not saying you guys are in a basement. No, we've been referred to in print media as <laughs> two guys in a basement. Yeah. Well, it's a very common term to describe this format, for lack of a better way to describe it. But I'm wondering if you guys had given that some thought, and if you had been listening to podcasts that were in this format um, before you decided to jump into this together. I know like our big inspiration was kind of Kevin Smith and um, that's what really pushed us to do a podcast. And plus not like we were friends that were starting to grow apart. So we're like, Hey, this is a great way for us to talk once a week, which again, that's kind of the trope for why two dudes create a podcast. Um, And initially that's really what our show probably was. was like, you know, how was your day? You know, life stories kind of stuff, which is a lot of those are. But quickly, we kind of fell more into an improv role-playing type of show um, where you know we find a story and we make fun of it and we create a universe. Uh, but it really wasn't until I started creating a podcast that I went out and found more in, like indie podcast, I guess you could say. Yeah, I'd say Kevin Kevin Smith was definitely the inspiration. And when you and you know you look at say say Smodcast for example. I mean, essentially, that's just that's two guys talking as well. I mean, occasionally they might, you know, find something that they read about or find some, you know, something that happened in their life. And it seems far more interesting. It's it might appear far more interesting coming because, oh, he's, you know, a director and, you know, he made, you know, indie films and things like that. And so because it's him, that's why people listen and I and I get it, and I get why, you know, people will say, "Oh, that it only that format only works if you know somebody has some star power." And I see the logic behind that, but at the same time, that's not why I podcast. Because if if that was the case, then you know, there's no way I'd podcast at all. I I do this because I enjoy it. Because obviously, it's not for the money, you know. Would I love to have, you know, fame and all the glittering prizes? Sure. But for me, it's about trying to create quality content while not losing sight of the reason that I we started to do a podcast in the first place. And that's because I want to sit and talk to my best friend once a week. And it forces us to do that. I listened to one of the early episodes, and I don't know if it was uh, you, Sean. Uh, you may have mentioned this idea of creating a show that at some point in the future for your children or other, other people in your family down the line, like if to have this record of these conversations of you and your best friend, you know, having a, a good time. And even if it's, you know, not a lot of people listening, but just the fact that you have it on, on the air, so to speak, and in some sort of archives that 20, 30, 40, 50 years down the line, you know, now, you know, in the past, it would be like digging through your, your box of your shoe box of uh, Polaroid or something like that. And you could, or a VHS tape or something like that. But in the future, maybe, you know, you're like, Hey, check out grandpa's podcast or something like that. <laughs> so I'm, I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about that. Yeah, well, because they always say, I mean, I really didn't really think about that until maybe after we've been doing it for a year. And um, about a y- nine months ago, I had my first kid. So that really is kind of where a lot of that kind of thought started to come in play because you start thinking about like your legacy and stuff like that. And not really legacy, like in a great term, but just the fact that like, you know, the first thing that people lose whenever somebody passes away is that, like they lose the sound of their voice. And so a lot of people are talking about like, you know, with podcasting, like, you know, go out and do it with a family member because the first thing you lose is the sound of their voice. And if you do that, you'll have that voice forever. And so that started making me things like, oh, you know, at some point, you know, Richard's kids, my kids, you know, like you said, gr- grandpa, you know, let's listen to grandpa talk about bonobos. Uh, it's like, oh, this, 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 this is like, you know, National Geographic. Let's listen to this. We're going to learn something. Oh, no, you learn bonobos have sex a lot. A lot. Yeah. And and so what 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 has been the reaction from family members? Uh, my wife uh, enjoys it to an extent. Uh, I love usually Sunday mornings because our show comes out every Sunday. Um, I start it up in the morning just to make sure it sounds okay. And usually she'll kind of be like, "Yeah, I'm not in the mood to listen to a podcast," you know, because she doesn't like listening to like people talk anyway. 
but it always makes my day like halfway through, she'll just start laughing at something. And that to me has been like worth all the effort in the world is hearing her laugh at something that Richard and I said. Oh yeah. And like, I'll sit and I'll sit and listen to it for the same reason. You know, you're just listening just to make sure that everything sounds okay. And that there isn't, you know, breaks in the edit or whatever. And I'll, I'll hear something and laugh to myself and my wife will walk by and she's like, are you listening and laughing at yourself? <laughs> she's like, that's like the definition of narcissism. And I'm like, but it's, it's funny. And I have that. I have that forever. <laughs> uh, I, th- I guess that would be the equivalent of an audio selfie. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. I always like to kind of consider it like it's a uh, audio voyeurism. Like it's people getting to like sit in and listen on these conversations that otherwise they wouldn't be allowed to. So one thing that's interesting about the format is that you, I imagine you guys come up with a a, a rough outline or do do you add, you know, is it ad hoc every single time you just turn on the conversation and you you don't know what, you literally don't know what you're going to talk about? We usually know what we're going to talk about. So we'll know the story or the the historical thing. We'll know that going in um, because usually we'll scour the internet for something that like, like the bonobo thing, like the headline I saw was, these type of chimpanzees, uh, whenever they find food, they have an orgy. So I didn't read the story. I just sent the link to Richard and said, this is our next podcast episode. And so we basically kind of maybe skim through it a little bit, but we just start from scratch and improv against it and see where it goes from there. Yeah, I'd say at least 80% of the time, even when it comes to, you know, if if I have something that I want to talk about or he has something he wants to talk about, say it's a story or something – what usually happens is I'll I'll look, I'll read the headline, maybe the first paragraph, and then I'll just kind of check on the length of the story just to see if, you know, if it's, you know, if, if I get a, something that's only, you know, maybe two or three paragraphs, then I have to judge in my head, like, well, to, because of the topic, is it something that would be easy enough to kind of, you know, talk about and for whatever given length of time. I mean, we don't usually set ourselves at a given length. I would say we try to keep it around the hour mark. I mean, we do have some episodes that go, you know, an hour 20, an hour, you know, 15, but we usually try and keep it around the hour mark. And I think that's just because in terms of attention span, it seems like a lot of shows usually go with that kind of format, try to keep it about an hour, maybe an hour and change. So who has the better version of the story when you guys first met? Uh, I think Richard can probably start it off. We've told it a few times, but we'll see if I usually like to tell it. So let's see if Richard can tell it. Okay. So this was back in 2000 and we met in 2002 and we both worked at a restaurant together. I worked in the kitchen. He was a server. This is this is young Sean. This is fresh. No, what? Not even f- fresh out of college. He was still in college. So this is young Sean and old grizzled Rich. No, not old and grizzled. I was in my twenty, you know, mid twenties, early twenties. You know, we, it was kind of. It used to. It was that kind of you know basic work relationship where you might make some small talk here and there and things like that. What really set the the friendship in stone was. Um, at one point, Sean was having a conversation about horror movies, and he said he was a big horror movie fan, and there were a lot of horror movies that he liked, you know, and named some off. And I was like, you know, I said, if you really want to see a really crazy horror movie, go watch the original Last House on the Left by Wes Craven. It was the first movie he ever did. I was like, I guarantee you that movie... And if anybody knows the movie, you know exactly the original. You know what I'm talking about. That movie plays out like a snuff film. It's it gets it gets dark and it gets disturbing very very quickly. So I explain all this to Sean, and Sean's like, "Okay, I'll try it out." So he goes to the video store, he picks it up. Yeah, I, I went to Blockbuster Video. That shows the age. Yeah. So he goes to Blockbuster Video. He takes the movie home. Uh, I can't remember. Did you have Did you have a girl that you were watching it with? I Yeah, I, there was a girl I was kind of talking to. She came out to the house to watch it. Because I'm like, it can't be that messed up, right? Like, I've seen Saw. Like, come on, what could be worse than Saw? And so I come home with this, the girl, and my mom is there too. So I'm like, hey, mom, why don't you watch this movie with me? 
So they all sit down to watch Last House on the Left. Now, I, I've, have you seen the original? Uh, no, I don't think I have. Okay, so in the original, there is one scene in the original. Uh, okay, so so I'll start off by saying, as the movie's going, he is slowly starting to be like, man, this movie really is messed up. Like, I've seen Saw, but this movie is messed up. I should call, I'm going to let him know, like, how crazy he was to pick this movie for me. I'll tell him tomorrow. I'll tell him tomorrow. So the movie keeps going. So at one, there's one scene in the movie where, um, where a girl is performing a certain act on a guy, and in the middle of it, she decides to um. Ooh, what's the diplomatic way of saying this? <laughs> Take a bite out of crime. Get a little friendly, a little overly friendly with using her teeth. And so in that mo- that's the moment where Sean looks to his left and sees the girl that his girl his girl at the time and is like, "Oh, I'm sitting here with her watching this." Then looks to his right and says, "Oh, here's my mom <laughs> also watching this with me." He's like, "Now I have to call him." So that's when I'm at work and I get a phone call, which usually is is very very awkward to get a phone call at work. You know, usually if something like that happens, you know, I'm thinking there's some sort of emergency, there's something wrong. No, it's Sean on the phone going, what did you make me watch? <laughs> I think those those were, his, those were his first words. I'm like, it's messed up, isn't it? He said, my mom's in the room. Could you give me some warning? I'm like, why are you with your mother? So it was, so that was the point where we had a friendship. And I think that friendship has just really kind of, you know, grown over time. And now it went from there to both of us playing Dungeons and Dragons together. I helped introduce him to that. So we went from horror movies to, to D&D and then from there to podcasting. Did he miss anything, Sean? No, that's pretty much it. I mean, the only other little tidbit that we kind of started getting closer as friends is since we both worked at the restaurant, we would get off at like one or two in the morning. I was underage, so everybody that worked there would go out and party after work, but Rich was busy closing up, so he's like, hey, just hang out here, we'll watch a movie or whatever. And so we'd have these movie marathons where from like 2 to 4 in the morning, we'd just watch a movie and then call it a night. So I think that's really what introduced me to the kind of like Kevin Smith, who watched some of the scary movies, which uh, the sp- the sports bar we worked at uh, was in the mall, and the back side of it was open. So it pretty much like any sound kind of led into the this open mall. And so we'd sit there listening to these, you know, scary movies where there's like screaming and horror stuff going on, these loud speakers in the restaurant, you know, with security guards walking by and be like, hey, what's going on here, guys? That was when that was when we met. And then so from there to, you know, hanging out a bunch. And then I'd say probably around 2000 went from there to playing D&D. So he at that by the time we started playing D&D a lot. Um, he had moved away, you know, he'd finished college, he moved away, he got a job. And so he would come once a month because we do these, you know, all day gaming sessions, D and D sessions. So we'd start at like, you know, 10, 11 in the morning and we'd go until, you know, midnight or one o'clock the next morning, but we only did it once a month. So he'd come and, you know, we'd hang out and chit chat and everything else. And then. You know how things are when, you know, when you know somebody that lives, you know, distance away, obviously they can't, you know, they can't make a, you know, three hour drive every single month. And so, you know, things just kind of slowly start to drift apart. You know, it was at that point that Sean was, Sean said, we're going to do a podcast because I feel like we're drifting apart and we need to get back. We need to center in. And keep this relationship going because it's worth it. He fought for us. <laughs> Sean, what does uh, Rich's friendship mean to you? Uh, it's, I mean, whenever people talk about like best friends, like growing up in high school, I didn't have um, a lot of friends because I was just, people talk about like the outcast kind of, and that was kind of me. I just didn't fit in with a lot of the people I went to school with. It was a super small school, like 50 kids. So um, there wasn't like a lot of people where I could kind of find my friend. And really finding Richard just kind of gave me that best friend that, you know, people talk about, like, you know, it's the guy you'd want there by your side. Like the, we've gone on like this, so these two trips 
where we've been in a hotel room for four nights together at, you know, podcast movement. And we come out of that, you know, still being friends, which, you know, I've gone on trips with people before and, you know, by day two, you just want to, you know, get a new room or leave. But Richard and I just kind of have that, I guess the way to really put it, I, I hate this cause it's kind of corny, but, and Richard will probably cry or I'll cry. Um, you know, whenever people talk about like, you know, all oh, that guy's like my brother, um, and I've, I never had a brother. So I think if, you know, the closest thing I could say is that like, this is like having that, that brother. So Rich, when you think about this, this definition of what a friend is, and it's something as you get older, like your perspective of what a friend is, it changes. Like when you're in grade school, you have like your buddy that walks to school with you. And when you're in high school, you have the guy that just you just eat lunch with. And, and I'm wondering if that definition has changed for you over the years and as your friendship with uh, Sean has grown. Oh, I, I mean, of course, it naturally evolves. But f- I mean, for me personally, you know, I, I wasn't the social leper that Sean was, but I mean, I had I had friends in high school. I had tons of friends in high school, and I had people that I would consider you know best friends, people that I hung out with on a daily basis for hours at a time. But once high school's once high school ended, life gets in the way, and they I got busy, and they got busy, and things drift apart. And so I think when it comes to as you get older, I think that having a social having a social circle, having, you know, friends is something that you actually have to put in an effort for. And I think that's the thing that you realize as you get older, that maintaining friendships with people is something that you need to make an effort. You know, in high school it's easy because you're both at the same you know, it's it's kinda like it's almost like work. You know, you're, you are forced to be in that place for, you know, hours at a time. And so you can't help but, you know, associate with people that are around you. And so it's convenient to have those kinds of friendships because they're there and you're there and you can't go anywhere. But when you get older, you have to actually put in effort to maintain those friendships. And I will say that out of all the friendships that I've had in my adult life, I mean, this is this is definitely one that I've tried to fight for because because it's you know it's worth it to me, and it's paid off and it's paid off in huge dividends. One of the things that I I've heard a lot uh, recently is this this idea of of pruning friendships, and it's something that I've given some thought to recently because I have friends that you just grow out of, you know, you just run out of things that you thought you had in common, and and then you just less and less connected with them. And even though it seems like we're all connected via Facebook, it's just like you you see posts that just don't resonate with you anymore. And and I'm wondering if either one of you have come across that and have felt that need to reevaluate friendships that you thought were important in the past. I I have. I mean, I mean, like I said, you know, like those friendships you have in high school, you get older, you drift apart. And in some cases, it's okay that that happens because lives differ. And the things that I thought I had in common with you maybe aren't the case. So, I mean, I think that's that explains drifting apart. That's, you know, you drift apart because one person goes one direction and one person goes the other direction. And it just kind of happens. But I would say in, like I said before, in your adult life, I think it's something that you have to put a priority on if you feel like it's worth it. And it, and I think that people do, naturally. If it's important. If it's important. you'll You'll fight for it. Like, I mean, you're talking about pruning. I mean, it's kind of like you just kind of let those weeds grow just because it's like, well... Yeah, I need to talk to so and so, but you know, a month goes by, a week goes by, and those weeds start to grow, and you just kind of learn that it's like, okay, well, yeah, they posted something, I need to talk to them, but you know, if you don't have that effort to go out and make it work to tend the garden of friendship, it's it's just gonna see it go away. Was the podcast your idea, or did you come up with it together? I mean, back in like '07, when I first heard of podcasting coming around, because I was listening to like ESPN's podcasts and things like that. I brought the idea to Richard. I was like, Hey, you know, we could probably do this. Like, you know, we have these conversations back here and, uh, Richard was all for it and we just kind of let it die there. Like we didn't really 
you know, look into it much more than be like, Hey, this is a cool idea. Uh, and every time that we kind of got motivated to do it, uh, at least in my situation, there's kind of somebody in my life is like, that's kind of a bad idea. It's just going to be a waste of time. Who's going to listen to you? And so I was just kind of like, yeah, you're right. We'll just, we won't do it. And, uh, it was finally the point where like I went home to play D and D and Rich had to work. So by the time I saw him, I had like a 10 minute conversation with him. And it's like the, like 10, that's the only time we talked for probably three months, maybe four months. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And so on the way home, it's like, you know, this is, this is a horrible thing. Like, you know, Richard's probably my best friend in the whole wide world. We used to talk all the time. Uh, you know, we talked about doing this podcast thing. So I shot him a text and Hey, we're going to get the gear. We're going to figure it all out. And then like in a month, we're going to record our first episode. And I'm pretty sure like four weeks after that point, we were sitting there hitting record on our stuff and putting down our episodes. Yeah, about four to yeah, about four to six weeks after after Sean put his foot down. So the yeah, the podcast thing is something we bounced back and forth. It was, hey, we should do a podcast. Yeah, that'd be a cool idea. And then that's where it would go. And we did that back it was like a tennis ball that we just bat back and forth for years. Years. Where it was like, we should do a podcast. Yeah, we should. Have either of you done anything similar in terms of like creative uh, ventures? Not really. I mean, I did some creative writing in college, but that was about as far as it went. Like nothing specific. Um, I, I, you know, wrote, I was a writer for a little bit, you know, usually for, you know, blog posts and things like that. But being creative is something that I always, you know, you get, you get older and then you feel more utility. You, you have the sense of utility in your life. Like, oh, I can't do anything creative right now. I have to focus on this. I have to focus on practicality and pragmatism, and so I can't, can't, I can't be bothered with this sphere right now and focused <laughs> over here. Art's not going to put the food on the table, right? <laughs> you know, it still does it, but that's okay. So I, I, I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about the importance of the family support because you both have mentioned, have touched upon your families and and how they've been joining you along the the podcasting journey. I think it's been, I mean, that's probably the, besides me and Richard finally saying, yes, we're going to do it. I think our wives is the main reason we're still going strong. Definitely. I mean, it, it could, you know, it could very easily get in the way of uh, time with the wives because, you know, it's like, hey, I'm going to go record a podcast and I'm, you know, busy for four hours or I'm editing for a couple hours. But I think both of them have seen the importance of it for us to get together and chit chat. I mean, it's just, I can't remember what Richard's compared it to before, but you know, it's just kind of like going out and having a beer with your buddy. I mean, that's kind of what we're doing here is just keeping that fire going of our friendship. And even like the trips we've taken, like both of them are like, yeah, go ahead, get out of the house for a little bit <laughs> and hang out with your friend. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. It's that whole, uh, what is it? What do they say? Behind, behind every good man is a good woman with a good left boot. <laughs> you know, it's, I, I would say in terms of, you know, a motivator because I'm, there's no bigger critic of myself than myself. And I would say that my wife is the only person that shouts down the voice in my head by saying, no, just do it. Just, just go and just do this thing and keep doing this thing because it seems like it's very worth it to you. So it's something you should definitely pursue. Yeah, I think it's really important, and I think it's it's not mentioned a lot because you know I, I probably don't dive into it as much as I should. But you know, like you said, every every pod, almost every podcaster I've spoken to has got a family, and 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 I'm sure they've got to work out some deals to to record, you know, to to get out to do their thing because everyone I talk to has a podcast, obviously, and 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 we all know what it takes to put one together, and and just recording is just. I want. I'm not even going to say half the the battle. I mean, recording is probably a third of it. <laughs> you gotta you gotta edit it, get it on there, get it out there, and then you gotta promote it, and then you gotta do all all that other stuff. And then I imagine you had to take time off to to get to the to podcast movement as well. Yeah, and that's. I mean, a lot of uh, like Richard and I both when we started, you have full time jobs, so you're working you know forty fifty hours a week or more. You know, you're coming home, uh, getting something to eat, hanging out with a wife for a little bit. It's like okay, well, you know, let's start recording at nine. And by the time you get in the groove of it, before you know it, it's midnight, one o'clock before you're going to bed just from recording. Yeah. And so then you're like, oh, hey, babe, you know, I know we recorded last night, 
but it's Saturday. I got to edit the episode and get it uploaded because it's going out Sunday. So, you know, I'll stay up late. I'll clean the house. I'll do all that stuff. You know, we'll hang out on Sunday when it's out. Hey, I got a great idea. On Sunday, we can listen to the episode together. <laughs> That's a great idea, isn't it, babe? Look at all the... You can see all the effort I put in, you know, away from you. Doesn't that sound great? You can listen to me talk for an hour. No? Where are you going? Get back here. <laughs> I'm not sure how well that has gone over in the past. <laughs> um, what, is, what was the, the, the response or the feedback when you guys were at the conference? I'm curious because, you know, mostly everyone that goes, they have a target audience in mind. You know, they, they're, you know, it's a podcast about a specific topic or um, it's really easy to say, oh, this is who my, you know, we, we've all heard, heard the phrase avatar to- tossed around and this is my avatar. So I'm, I'm curious, what were the conversations like when you were talking to people in the hallways and, and, and telling them the concept of, of the show? Well, I love our, the first year we went to Fort Worth in 2015, I think Richard and I, like, we'd been doing it for almost a full year at that point. We had done 50 plus straight weeks of episodes. Like, we, every week we had an episode come out. And I think we both were like, okay, we're going to go here. There's going to be a lot of comedy type podcasts, kind of like ours. Bounce a lot of these ideas. Like, it's going to be like a great community feel. It's going to be this huge community and it's going to be this huge networking thing. And we're going to get to talk to people and it's going to be awesome. <laughs> and I think it was. Oh man, it was the first day. It was the, it was TED the very talks, first yeah. day. It was the yeah, it was the the talks before. And so there were two rooms. I remember this so perfectly. <laughs> there were two rooms. And so uh we were like, okay, you go in one and I'll go in one. And like you're super pumped and you're like you want to tell people about like the show you do and how like funny it is. And how everybody's, you know, going to be like, oh, that sounds like a cool idea. That sounds, you know, that sounds funny. So I'm sitting there in this room and they do the, you know, the little round table like, hey, why don't you, you know, why don't people raise your hand? You can stand up for a few minutes and talk about your podcast. First person that stands up in the room I'm in. First person stands up and says, um... Yeah, I I do a podcast where I do interviews with people, and the purpose of my podcast is to um, provide help and support for disabled and depressed veterans. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I I can't I can't follow that. I can't follow <laughs> that and say I do I do a show that has that's full of dick jokes. I can't. I just can't <laughs> do it. So the next person. The next person gets up and says, um, yeah, I do. I have a podcast that um, deals with uh, suicide among among caregivers. And I'm like, what is happening right now? <laughs> and that's when my hand started to slowly come <laughs> down. I'm like, I, I can't. I just can't do it. And so after that. I went I went back to back to my back to our room and Sean came back to the room and I and he was like so how was that for you and I'm like well I I don't think there's that many comedy shows here Sean <laughs> and he's like yeah um and we were both and that's when we yeah. both like just kind of looked at each other like what are we doing <laughs> like we just felt like so deflated well i mean you feel worth it's like all these people are like oh you know i have this very inspirational podcast i have a podcast that is trying to help people and we're like well we had a robot with a giant member in one of our episodes that's that's funny right (laughs) no what i mean obviously you guys stayed at the conference i don't i don't think you bailed early uh and and then you came back and then you came back for last year for chicago so what was going through your minds the rest of that conference and you know what was what was going through your minds when you decided to return? Well, I think we met a few people and we were like, okay, listen, like we know we can't really like not sell the show, but you know, we're going to feel awkward selling our show to people if they're doing these more inspirational things like listen, we'll just be us, we'll talk to people and do the more like, hey, you know, what's your show about? You know, we'll, we'll listen more than we'll speak. And we ended up finding a group of people and we became known as the bromance guys. Yeah, which was kind of awesome. That was apparently our tag. <laughs> and well, so, you it, know, it is the name of the, it is the, name yeah. of the show. <laughs> I, well, I was, well, I actually, I went to the, I had, I had a t shirt on that had the, that had the logo on it and everything. And I went down to the hotel bar and I was just standing by the bar and there was a lady that was probably, you know, in her, 
early 40s or whatever and she was just sitting there and she looked and she looked at my shirt she's like oh, you're one of the bromance guys and i'm like uh, y- yes yes i am i mean it's no it's not like we don't we're not the horse guys but you know whatever <laughs> But yeah, I mean, we kind of, I mean, we, we just kind of, I guess, wanted to talk to more people. Then we're like, you know, again, we're not going to try and sell our show. And the next year we, when we went, we're just like, okay, we're just going to go out. We'll ask people questions. We'll, you know, so like we wanted to figure out how you sell your show, how you, uh, you know, advertise your show and just ask more questions because people like to talk about themselves. And so we just kind of took that approach. Well, I was going to say, I think that, you know, after, after sitting through the conference the first year we went. I think that I felt by the end of it, I felt more comfortable in being myself in that setting. And so when it came around again for for 2016, I think both of us just kind of had the, you know what, let's just go. Let's just go and just be unapologetic about the type of show we do. I think the thing that really was a, was a big thing for me at, after the end of the second year is that that was the approach that I should have taken the year before. Just, you know, be genuine. And that's kind of what we did. And I think that we found a whole lot more people to talk to that year just because we were more willing to put ourselves out there in a way. My fear was that stigma, like you mentioned a little bit earlier. It's like, oh, people ask you what your show is. And it's like, oh, we're two dudes that talk about stories and stuff. We make funny. And their stigma is like, oh, it's these two guys in their basement making dumb jokes that aren't even funny. And so just going from that, you just it's like, okay, well, you know, we actually built our show more into like I think we had an understanding of what our show was. Uh, because I don't know if it was that last year or the year before, but somebody ended up saying it's like, Oh, you're kinda improv. Like you have you taken improv classes? I think both the light bulbs went off in our brain. It's like, oh wait, we do an improv comedy show. That's what it is we do. Well, the other thing and I'm not sure if you guys uh, give it enough credit, but I, I, it's really, you know, what's what's coming through is this angle of um, an opportunity for two best friends to use a comedy podcast as a way to stay connected and maintain that connection, which is so important to them. It's very much what we've done with it. And I mean, I th- that was our, in- I think that was the intention for both of us. For I mean, for each of us, that was the reason that we both wanted to do it for ourselves. The fact that that kind of comes through in the show a little bit, I, I think it's just kind of a bonus. Well, I'm not even sure a little bit. I mean, just in the conversation we're having here, it's coming through pretty clearly that you guys are, are pretty close and, you know, you guys are finishing each other's sentences. And we are. And- <laughs> And it, it, it's it, it's inter- it, what I find interesting is when you position it that way, I think there's a inspiration there for a couple of other friends that are, you know, thinking about ways to that have been separated by distance or something like that. And they want to stay in touch. And, you know, they'll, they see or hear what you guys are doing. And they're like, I never thought that we could do that. And even if nobody listens, we have a record of our conversations, we have fun doing it. And it's something that that keeps us entertained. So, you know, if if there's opportunities to continue to refine how you define your show, I, I think that's something to, to, to really put in the mix, because I think it's really important, because you're not you know, you don't have a set agenda. Like literally what you want to do is have a good time with each other. And, and there's something to be said for that. Well, that's, I mean, when we first started out, I think there's been like three or four different podcasts that said, oh, hey, we found your show accidentally. And we're like, oh, anybody can really do this. So we're going to do it. And I mean, that was kind of like, oh, wow. Like you, you listen to us and we're your inspiration. Like that, that doesn't make any sense. Like, you know, I still feel like, you know, you've mentioned that, you know, we seem like we have a good repertoire kind of thing. Like we've had multiple people say that. I don't know if Richard feels this way. I assume he probably does. I always feel like I'm waiting for them to like, I don't know, snicker being like, these guys don't know what they're doing. You know, they, they, you know, these guys are two bumbling idiots. And we are. But that would be fine because I don't think at any point in time you've ever self-proclaimed as anything but that, you know, that, that you've, you've been pretty clear from the beginning, I imagine of what the show is about, and you know, not even trying to define who it's for. I, it's for you two, to be quite honest. Yeah, I mean, we've never, yeah, we've never had any, you know, lofty ambitions of, you know, I, I mean, I don't think 
we, we neither of us are trying to change the world. I mean, that'd be great, but at the end of the day, I think that we what what we want from the show there's there's a there's a personal front of oh, I want to, you know, keep talking to my best friend and on a I mean, I guess for lack of, for on a professional front, you know, we like to make funny and if and I think that there's a segment of people that find what we have to say funny and 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 I genuinely am so appreciative of every single one of those downloads and anybody that you know tries to contact us either on Twitter or on Facebook I I make it a mission to try and respond as quickly as possible because those people are taking an hour out of their day to actually sit and listen to you and podcasting is a very intimate format you know it's in your ears and regardless you know even if you're in the middle of doing something it's right there it's in your ear it's somebody talking to you you know you're paying attention and i'm always just so blown away by the fact that anybody listens and so the fact that people do and the fact that people respond to it i'm just so i'm humbled by it i'm genuinely humbled by it and so i try to make every effort to show that i am ever so grateful and to and to show people that you know this is just us talking and you can do this too i guess the funny way of putting it is you know hey look how look how low the bar can go See, you could could go right here. You go just above it. You know, it's fine. Can you talk a little bit about the the feedback to the show? And as you started, you know, as the show has been progressing for over two two years now, like I imagine that obviously every podcaster remembers those first couple of like any inclination that anyone was listening, (laughs) we get all excited. But as the show has grown and and people have reached out, can you describe kind of a bit of the the nature of like the, the type of feedback you guys have been getting? It's been really great. I know uh, the first person to ever respond to anything, we were talking about like uh, bull sharks in the Mississippi River because I'm deathly afraid of sharks. And Richard was mentioning like in the Mississippi River, like they've been found up close to where we live. And I remember the day uh, one of the guys who still listens to this day, who we met in Chicago actually when we were up there for podcast movement, he uh, just kind of sent out a tweet about like, you know, sharks in the Mississippi River. I'm never going in again. And uh, it's been cool because that guy, actually, when we went to Chicago, he got us tickets to the Cubs game. He's like, hey, I, you know, I love your show. I like your show. I want to get you tickets to the Cubs game. Let me know, and it's on me. Wow. And Rich and I got to go to Wrigley Field for the first time together thanks to one of the listeners. It was awesome. Yeah, I think what, what, you know, what fascinates me is that anytime I find a listener, either uh, through a friend or someone mentions, hey, I just ran into someone, and they told me they love your podcast, and I was like, who are they? Get me their email. I'm gonna send them a T-shirt. Like literally, like I like every single listener. Like I, I always tell podcasters and aspiring podcasters, you got to build your listenership like literally one person at a time because you know every single person. If you could, the more you know about your listeners, I think in a way that'll help you define some of the way you produce your show. And and if you know that that's what he's like, and I don't know if you've asked them, but you know what is it about the show that you like that'll help you think about keep doing more of the same yeah we probably haven't dug in too much like that we probably should kind of see what they like but a lot of times they'll kind of tweet back and just be like hey you know this part was funny or i'm trying to remember uh any real specifics i can't think of off the top of my head though um well it usually comes off in tweets it's usually like hey i listened to this or 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 i listened i listened to this week's episode i i love this i you know i i love that I, I try not to berate them and be like, "Well, what did you really like? What did you? What was the best? What was the worst? Like, tell me. Here, here's here's my number. Call me. Why won't you love me? You know. I mean, but I will say that if I had the chance to sit down and chit chat with them, you know, and 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 we and we kind of have, like, you know, we're so glad you like the show, and you know, we're so appreciative. You know, usually the response is, you know, I like lo- I like this bit, I like that bit. I think you're, I think you guys are funny. We did a show. We we actually did an interview show a couple weeks, well, a, actually a month or so ago, and in that it was, oh, you guys just sound so genuine, and so I think, I think it shows us that you know the thing that one thing that we have that you can't manufacture or produce is you know that it's it's us. 
I'm not I'm not a professional comedian. Sean is not a professional comedian, but it seems people find our brand of humor funny. And so I think that I think that's what the one thing that we have that a lot of other shows don't have is the fact that we try to just be genuinely funny people. Genuineness, authenticity, I don't know. I think we kind of found that pretty early on because I know our first few episodes, we're definitely trying to, I feel like we're trying to come off as like radio host. Like we're trying to, you know, it's the first time you have a microphone in front of you, it's, it's an awkward thing. And at some point we just started just forgetting it was there. And it's just like, Hey, it's just like this old phone call we had six years ago. It's us talking about this thing I heard and we make jokes about it and, you know, be like, Oh, well, what, what, what happened if this happened or if this person did this? And, um, you know, like these trips we've taken, I think the one to Fort Worth really reassured that it's like, oh, okay, we're not being fake on the mic. It's actually us. It's just we're putting it on a digital file and uploading it to the Internet. Have you come across anything in the course of recording the episodes over the past few years where you found out or heard something that you didn't know of, of, of one another? I think I figured out that Richards wore, wore women's clothes clothes a few times. Um, I don't think I knew that for sure. I knew you did, few. but I didn't think I knew you liked it. That was the I, thing. I didn't say that I liked it. I just <laughs> said that I'm comfortable with it. That's all I said. Well, the way you put it is sometimes you like to feel pretty. Sometimes I do. And I don't <laughs> think there's anything wrong with that. I'm a man. And sometimes I like to be pretty. <laughs> so forget you. <laughs> so have you have you thought about uh, the future of the show? And are you just li- like literally more of the same or or do you look back on what you've done over the past two years and does that fuel any thoughts about how what if anything you might want to change um i think still just kind of going the improv style finding those stories we like i know as far as kind of like a business aspect um something we're trying this year is we're trying to build processes around like what we do so it, it just kind of helps us focus more on specifics outside of the recording uh but as far as the show i mean the the best shows that we've had is when we find an article and we're like, literally the best ones are when we're like, I don't think this is going to last an hour, but let's try it. And we go off on a funny tangent that lasts, you know, an hour 10. And we're like, wow, that, that, that took longer than what we thought. So I think just hopefully finding more of those type of things. Well, and I think, you know, end of the day, I think both of us want to try and have quality content. And so, like Sean was talking about, you know, trying to have build processes and things like that. I think that's just, I think we're doing that for ourselves because we want to maintain, we want to have a consistency of quality in terms of the shows that we produce and release. And so, I mean, so this year, something we were both, you know, kind of taking on ourselves is we're both trying to not just produce good content, but be consistent in the type of content we produce. Because, you know, I think, I think rule one when it comes to podcasting is consistency. You know, you have a contract, uh, it's unwritten, but you have a contract with your audience. You know, we say we're going to release an episode on Sunday. And so, we need that's that's our part in the contract. We need to make sure that we have an episode on Sunday for these people because that's what they expect of us and they come back every week and so we owe it to them to keep up with our side of the deal. And so for us, I think we want to make sure that we're consistent not just in the fact that oh we put out an episode every week, but consistent in the in the in the quality of the episode in terms of the quality of our content well we always make sure that like the episodes we create are the, the episodes we want to listen to and there's been a handful of times where we started going down a story or you know some kind of bit and it didn't work like we, we stop and say like listen this isn't going to work we're not just going to record something to get it out there where we want it to actually be good so we've stopped and said we'll just try something tomorrow yeah that's happened more than once yeah, I think a lot of times people hear comedy and they assume that it's all off the cuff. But some of the greatest, I mean, comedians practice their stuff, you know, for months upon end. And like, you know, in, in stand, we've been watching a lot of stand up here in, in L.A., you know, at, at, at the comedy store. And, you know, I've seen a couple of guys already, you know, repeat 
on stage and they're doing some of the same bits and then they incorporate some new ones and stuff. So I think if it's, I think with all things, if it's something you, you're looking to take seriously and continuously improve, then I, you know, to Sean's point, I think you do have to have some sort of structure. Otherwise people will, will sort of tell after, after a while that you're really not taking it seriously. That this really is just two guys, you know, right. Screwing around in the basement. And I, and I think you, what you guys are trying to do is, something a, a bit more more structured while still keeping it entertaining well, that's the thing with comedy co- comics too is they're on stage like if they tell a joke and it bombs they see that it bombs as a podcaster you put that out there and you're like uh, it might have been okay i don't know you know maybe maybe the downloads are going down because it's the holidays but it's june <laughs> there's a holiday somewhere well, I think that the, the Twitter helps a lot too, because uh, Richard mentioned there's some you know you see a lot of stuff you feedback on 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 Twitter about certain topics, and you know maybe that'll give you guys some insights into some of the things that are resonating. Whether it's if they if they keep tweeting about the same type of topic, then maybe that's that's your your audience's way of letting you know what what they find entertaining. Yeah, I always like we usually get a lot of feedback that they love our draft episodes. That's kind of an idea that we threw out, you know, when we first started to kind of give us a little bit of a, almost like a filler episode, one that's a little bit easier to, to generate content for. And those are always everybody's favorite. As we wrap up, I usually have a couple of questions I ask at the end of each episode. So oh. since there's two of you, I'm going to have uh, someone pick the number one and someone pick the number two, but I won't tell you which question it is. And uh, I'll ask the appropriate one. So <laughs> you got to make sure you, you pick right. You pick correctly. Choose wisely. Two. So then I'll take one. <laughs> so Richard, what have you changed your mind about recently? What have I changed my mind about recently in terms of the podcast or just, you know, oh, I was going to have something for dinner and I decided on something else. Anything. Life. Anything. Oh, off the top of my head. What's something I changed my mind about recently? I have been <laughs> doing a podcast. Yeah, I'm done now. <laughs> I'm over it. Um, Okay, recently I have been and and this is against this has gone against me, but I have been I have been saturating myself lately in politics. I was just talking to Sean about this earlier. I have been and I and I've decided in my head that I need to switch that off for a minute because it it it's getting it's it's number 1 it's bringing me down a little bit. And number 2, only a little bit. Well, a bit more than a little, but the the second thing is is that it, it, when it comes to things like that, I'm mainly a spectator. Like there's you know there's nothing I can you know do to immediately rectify the situation that I've just read about or seen that has me so incensed. So I need to kind of break away a little bit, kind of detach myself a little bit from from that. But I've been doing that for the last like two weeks, and it's been it's been driving me slowly crazy. Yeah, the, yeah I've I've uh, weaned myself off the news almost completely now because it's just like to your point, there's not much you can do about it. It just drives you absolutely bananas. Um, it it just yeah. ruins your morning if you read the wrong bit. And at the end of the day, I mean, it yeah. all kind of works itself out in in the long term. And uh, I think we got so much other, we so many other things on our on our mind in our personal lives that uh, to be worried about what's going on on the other side of the world or countries uh, a bit self defeating at times. Yeah. Aside from aside from letting loose a tirade in a Facebook comment thread, I've got <laughs> you know, there's just I'm just argh, there's not there's nothing else I can do in that moment. <laughs> Uh, Sean, what is uh, the one most misunderstood thing about you? Oh, one misunderstood thing about me. Um, oh, I like my question better. Yeah, this is a tough one. I was going to say maybe like my patience. Um, I get commented on my patience a lot about how good I have. Like I always seem like I'm calm. But there are plenty of situations where like things rile you up. And uh, I guess I'm good at keeping it on the, the surfaces. I'm, you know, got it all under control. But deep down, you know, it's... It's rattled. Yeah. Those are the texts I send Richard. It's it's there's a there's a torrent of rage underneath those calm seas. <laughs> so what has got you uh, um I guess in, in in closing like what what do you what has got you guys excited about the show in 2017? I think just the I mean the motivation that it gives us. I mean I always call Richard my muse 
And uh, the big thing from this is, you know, not only are doing the podcast, but it's it's opened up so many creative avenues for us. Since starting the podcast, I've been writing again. Um, I've shot three short films just on, you know, some spare time with friends and uh, just continuing to go with that momentum and, you know, find out other avenues that we enjoy doing that without this kind of push, we would have never known we like to do. And also the fact that we're, you know, we're, we do have an audience and that audience is slowly growing. Like I would say that, you know, over the course of, over the course of two years, we've built, we've built a listenership and we've maintained at least a listenership and have gotten, you know, and have gotten more over the course of time. And I think that has, that has, that has me very optimistic of where we're going and, and 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 like we were talking about earlier, one of the reasons that we want to make sure that we're maintaining and improving on the contract we have with our listenership. Well, I, I imagine those are things that you didn't even think were going to happen when you guys started the show back in in 2014. <laughs> so it's really cool that 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 the journey that you guys have been on and the fact that the the podcast has played such an important role in keeping your friendship uh, alive and well. And I think if, I mean, that's when you think about it and you think about these points about what it's meant for you, um, what it's done for your friendship, you know, how important it is to have the support of your family and how it's activated some other, you know, creative, getting the creative juices flowing within you. I mean, that's, that's a great story. And I think uh, you should at least apply to uh speak at podcast movement even on that topic because it'll change people's perception of what the two guys you know and i I don't think either one of you are in a basement but just (laughs) this whole conception of what two guys starting a podcast can can really do and and you know maybe that's that's something to think about there's a whole lot more behind the two guys in a basement podcast that should that that'll be the yeah that'll be that'll be the title of our session (laughs) that yeah that's a good tagline so what's that? Where's the best place for folks to track you down? Uh, well, they can always find us at our website. It's languageofbromance.com. We're on Twitter at languageofbro, Facebook, uh, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, Pocket Cast. Um, anywhere you get your podcast, we should be there. If not, let us know, and we'll definitely get out there. Richard and Sean, thank you so much for spending time with me tonight. Uh, I learned a little bit more about you guys and uh, about the format. So uh, there's, I, I think there's hope for people who are, are thinking about it and wondering if there's any value in starting. And I think from listening to this conversation, I got a feeling they'll be pretty inspired. Yeah, well, thanks. And if anybody has questions like how can you start, let us know. We're always glad to answer those questions. Definitely. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. So I hope you have a newfound appreciation for the the two guys in the basement format. I'm sorry, I can't think of another way to to brand it or label it. But it just what struck me is the fact that they kept thinking it was just they kept saying or trying to convince me maybe, I don't know, that it was a just a comedy podcast, but their friendship was just kept shining through and it was clear in in their engagement with each other. And just their basis for starting it was to continue their friendship, which I think is an awesome thing. So once again, uh, don't forget to check out our sponsor, Podbean, at podbean.com slash podcastjunkies. And take a look at some of their unlimited plans if you're just getting started with your podcasting journey. And as always, if you do have questions about podcasting, don't hesitate to reach out. I'm in the Podcast Junkies Junkies Facebook group. You can engage with me there. I'm adding new members all the time. And I'd love to connect with you and, and see if I can help you out. So this podcast is part of the Podcastica Network. We're so happy at the newest member of our Podcastica family, A Face Project. You may remember that podcast because it's hosted by the one and only Natalie Jennings, who was a previous guest on this show. Jason uh, heard the episode and he was really excited about the format and the quality of the content and we had a conversation and we invited her to join us on Podcastica. You'll see her show there. Uh, We're just happy about the family that we're growing and the fact that we have such an interesting mix of shows. If you haven't had a chance to check out her episode, please do so. It's afaceproject.com. Welcome to the Podcastica family, Natalie. 
Music is provided intro and outro by Cedar and Soil. Check out cedarsoil.com. And this week's retention hashtag is pod bros. Bros is short for brothers, but uh, I think it, it reflects the, the love that the, these guys have for each other. So it's hashtag P-O-D-B-R-O-S. And their uh, Twitter handle is language of bro. So it, on Twitter at language of bro, one word. And of course, we are podcast underscore junkies. Stay tuned next week when we have a very interesting conversation with the host of The Inadequate Life, Professor Keith Tomasek. He actually taught a podcasting class at the university, and I, the the fact that it stands out is that on the first day of the class, he wore a Podcast Junkies t-shirt, which is awesome. So uh, we have a really fun conversation about a, a, a wide range of things. Uh, so I think you really uh, enjoy it. So please check that out. We should be, as I always say, we should be back on schedule. But uh, uh, I'm getting several interviews in the can with some really, really uh, fun guests. So stay tuned for that. And have a fantastic week. Thanks for being patient with me, guys. As you know, as any podcaster knows, it's a challenge uh, staying on point. But I do value your listenership and the fact that you're with me through thick and thin. And as always, if you have the chance to recommend this show to a a friend, that's uh, something that I highly appreciate and value. See you soon. Or talk to you soon. I won't. I will also. We'll see you if you're going to be at a Podfest in Florida, which is coming up. Uh, I think I'm in rambling mode. Bye bye.